Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I speak to Lou Hayter and it's a great chat. Um... We, we touch upon uh, Lou's early kind of introductions to, to music, which come via being in the New Young Pony Club. Uh, and then we talk about the impact and influence of, of, of people like Prince and Madonna and, and those iconic 80s pop stars. And the conversation kind of goes all over the place. And, you know, we obviously talk great records and, uh, and yeah, you're in for a treat. Um, before we get on with that chat, a few thank yous. So thanks to Scribius Pip. And everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network, uh, thank you to 76 for producing this. And how are you lot doing? So this this episode was recorded on the 7th of April. I'm recording this intro on the 7th of April. And, uh, and you know, it's feeling, it's feeling like more positive times. It's feeling like we're, you know, we're, we're, we're on our way out of this situation. I'll just really hope by the time this episode comes out that, you know, that's still very much the case. And, uh, and so whilst we're talking about the, odd times that we've been going through you know one of the things that has you know definitely kept my head hopefully where it should be um has been recording these podcasts and and sitting in my my shed and uh next to my uh, neighbor's new shed which you'll probably hear him drilling in a minute um that's his new favorite pastime um and what um it's it's really sort of kept me sane being able to have these amazing opportunities to talk to lovely people um incredible creatives about songs i love talking records it's 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 why i set this podcast up it's what i do it's how i annoy my mates because you know whenever we're out and about and you know that we're sitting there and a couple of beers in a record to come on i'm always that irritant that I go uh did you uh, know that this was produced by blah 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 and it's like oh, shut up Stu. so i've now got this little space in my shed where i can go and speak to other like-minded people and just geek off about records and then put it out for you lot to listen to and thankfully there's been a fair few of you that have been enjoying it and subscribing and sharing and chatting to me about it so just a massive thank you really to uh to you lot for continuing to support this podcast because um it's such a joy to do and if you get an ounce of the joy listening that i do recording then then that's my job is done um once you finish listening to today's chat with Lou, why not go and explore the back catalogue of Off The Beaten Track? You can hear me talking to other musicians, um, some of the ones that we discuss uh, on this podcast. You can hear me talking to Tiga, um, and you can hear me talking to Fatboy Slim. Oh, gosh, uh, who else? I'm trying, I always want to say the Foo Fighters and, and, and Tommy Lee, but I always think that I should also talk about a stack of other ones but yeah there's there's bundles suede um idols so so go and just go and have a little explore because there's bundles there's like 270 episodes now and you can listen to them all for free and uh, and trust me when i say i've got some incredible ones coming your way soon as well i've just been so blessed to uh to, to have these chats okay and also if you've not still had enough of my my lispy nattering then um you can get access to another 200 shows that have never been released to the the public radio shows and video episodes and and everything else uh over on my patreon and it's something that i always like to mention and and it's really nice that you know the summies have been getting behind it and you know it's as little as a dollar a month and uh what's that 70 odd p a month and yeah and you just get access to some 
some great content and and yeah and basically you're supporting the podcast so if you can get behind that that's amazing patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash off the beaten track um and yeah and everything else you need to know is at your one-stop shop www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com beat and not beaten beat and trackpodcast.com right I'm going to uh, stop my waffling and uh, and yeah get things rolling on some uh, some much more interesting chat and uh, and that chat comes via today's guest and it gives me great pleasure to introduce her. Please enjoy Off the Beat and Track podcast with Lou Hater. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Lou, how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, well, look, Lou, before we start talking records and stuff, I just want to ask you to kind of tell me how you found the last <coughs> year um, as both Lou, human being and Lou Creative? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, an emotional roller coaster, I'd say, you know. Yeah, very challenging. Um, and creatively, yeah, the first sort of probably six months, I wasn't able to do anything. And now I'm, everything's kind of coming out of me and I'm, I've got loads of ideas again, which is really nice. Um, so I'm writing new stuff but the the initial bit um, it felt as though because we had so much time on our hands I should be making stuff but I wasn't I wasn't capable of doing it really because it was so there was so much going on wasn't there I think so and I, I think there was you know I think also in, in the early part of, of of going into to lockdown we should also point out we're recording this on the the 7th of april and, and hopefully we're on the, the the way out of it now but but just to sort of look back retrospectively i think uh, you know this time last year i think everybody was still very sort of knee-jerk in in you know in responding to to something that was unraveling rapidly that we none of us had any experience of ever you know living through anything like that so i think you know, to, yeah, to as an artist to then just go right. Well, I'm, I'm now going to write the lockdown album. Like, would would almost be forced. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I think like most of us have done more reflection and and you know and 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 looking back, uh, you know, at ourselves and and uh, you know uh, uh, what's important. And I think to sort of give it that break before you start creating music again, I think that's surely a healthy thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I did try to make the lockdown album, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started doing cover versions, but I just didn't didn't put them out there. But I did make, uh, as a sort of therapy, I did actually do some. Um, but everything, everything, oh, I, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep it on the DL because I won't put them out of it. But um, <laughs> I um, I did actually have sort of fragmented ideas coming into my head and well, I wasn't able to sort of take them very far because I didn't have the concentration span. But even just like little hooks and lyrics I sang into my phone or some days I would just record like a little sort of, 
musical loop or something and now I've gone back to them I've realized I actually made more stuff than I realized I had but um but at the time it all felt like I don't know it felt like I wasn't doing anything at all um but yeah there were little ideas coming through I think um but it was just very difficult to sort of have any clarity Mm. Um, and sometimes you need a lot of like mental clarity to make music, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to ask you for track one now, Lou, uh, to tell me, please, the song that you regard <laughs> as having the greatest ever intro, please. Oh, yes. I have chosen um, 1999 by Prince. Solid choice. Solid <laughs> choice. <laughs> that one, has that one been taken before? Um, I think maybe twice so far uh, like it's uh, <laughs> I, I, and i mean prince has got a shed load of amazing intros um, yeah he really has but i do think this is like i mean why did you choose this one i just uh, i mean it's it's what came to mind um initially and also he's my ultimate artist so any time i can choose prince i will mm. you know Absolutely. And, and but, there, but there are two intros. Sorry, I interrupted go you. Go on, no, 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 please. Sorry, I interrupted you. There are two intros. So there's the, I think, album or 12-inch version where he says, like, don't worry, I will not hurt you. He's pitched down and he says, I only want you to have some fun. And then there's the radio edit, which is, like, the big stab, 1999 stabs, keyboard stabs. So um, there are two brilliant intros to the same song, and I like both of them. Do you know what? I've completely got it round my head. No one's chose this. Two people have chose Let's Go Crazy. Ah, uh, uh, that one, yeah. Same record, but, uh, but yeah. And so in regards to what you just said there about the, the, the kind of fuller version on the 12 and then the, the, the edit, looking back at when you first started making music that was you know finding its way into the sort of public domain and stuff the way that people were listening to music i imagine back then lots of the i guess a lot of stuff was happening on myspace and things like that and i and i just wonder how you approach making music now in in the time frame from then to now the way that people listen to music is very very different um thumbs move a lot quicker and an attention span seem in some in some some demographics seem to move a lot faster as well. Um, and so I just wonder how, if at all, anything like that affects how you write music now. No, um, not at all. I mean, the industry's changed so much since I started making music, but I can't focus on any. If I focus on any external pressures it just doesn't help me so I just do whatever I want to do I never think how things will be when I'm writing I never think how something will be received or have any strategy or anything because I think it really inhibits you creatively and I'm quite I think I'm quite lucky that I don't think that way like some of my friends uh one of my friends is obsessed with getting on radio one and I think it like doesn't help <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so much pressure, um, and I never ever think that that way. So I just do what I do, and I think that's all you really can do. I mean, I there is you know there's nice stuff about the way things work now, in, in the sort of way you can be really instant about things. You know, you can make something, put it out pretty much the next day if you want, and I think people move fast. Like you know, sometimes. Ariana Grande or Rihanna will just drop like or Salt. They just drop two albums in a row, and I like that sort of thing. I think it's really interesting. Um, and even the album format, I think, wasn't necessarily what people do anymore. You know, as we're very much in a singles game. But I think as I grew up with the album format, it's something that I aspire to. Um, so I, yeah, I don't really get caught up in. Uh, too much in what my surroundings I, I think that you know that that question is sometimes mm. maybe aimed more towards a kind of more kind of and, and I use the word pop 
with respect there, like the more kind of mainstream pop is the things that, you know, people do seem to be starting with choruses and the songs seem to be like two and a half minutes tops and the vocals <laughs> there straight from the off. And, and you know, you're saying about your friend that he's, you know, constantly sort of striving to get, you know, onto Radio 1 and things like that. I find like, you know, there's there's, it's a double-edged sword. I think that it is really, really interesting that some people still try and strive to make that, you know, the perfect pop record that, you know, that, that is instantaneous mm-hmm. and things like that. But then as much as, you know, that for me was like early Motown, you know, it's just these perfectly sweet, infectious, hook-laden songs. But then I also mm-hmm. love the tail end of, you know, that kind of 60s Motown, which is what's going on and, you know, what the Temptations were doing then, which was concept albums it would move from the single to these albums still you know being a body of work and so i'm kind of torn you know i like a bit of both you know i do like that instantaneous pop but i do like to put an album on and it you know be a journey yeah i'm the same yeah i'm the same as you Uh, but i suppose i do i do subscribe to um kind of like I study pop records, you know, verse, chorus, middle eight, whatever, and I study hooks and how they do it, but I just don't have the the same sort of strategic mindset of why I'm doing it. I do it just because I like it rather than like, oh, this will get me on blah, 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 you know? Mm. It's just a different, but yeah, I very much admire like the great pop writers of our time or times before, you know? Okay. For track two, Lou, I'm going to ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Yeah, I think, and this ties into um, another question, but I think it's uh, probably Live to Tell by Madonna. Okay. It's, um, you know, one of my sort of formative influences is her and that one, every time I hear it now even, I feel kind of like, a bit, it's quite eerie. Yeah. And, frightens me a little bit because I hadn't listened to it for I know 15 years and my mate played it in a car in LA and I was like god it really took me back um so yes that I'd probably choose live to tell and what did it take you back to just like being a kid and it's got quite a sort of eerie um scary sound to it do you, do you know what? It's, it's it's interesting when you sent the the answers over. I didn't get this answer, so I was I was curious as to what you was going to say. And I, and I think the minute you said "Live to Tell," I just thought that that's such. It's, it's an incredible record, that. But if, yeah. if you were to say to me, "Tell me ten Madonna pop records that that you danced to and grew up listening to," I'd forgot that. Like, and, yeah. I, and I don't know why because I, I guess it's one of the more somber ones. But then the somber ones are. Borderline is just a genius record. Yeah, um, but I mean, undoubtedly, I mean you've 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 gone in pretty pretty fucking hard here, Lou. You've you've started with Prince and now <laughs> you've dropped Madonna. You've there, there's the, the absolute eighties <laughs> heavyweights right there. Um, have you seen Madonna? No. She's the one person I haven't I have yet to see actually that I want to. I I saw her about six seven years ago at Hyde Park, and and I was so excited because that kind of just soundtracked my life. You know, Madonna, Prince, and Jackson in the eighties were just everything. You know, they were the you know the, the yeah. you know the best pop music around, and and I thought right, I'm gonna you know I didn't get to get to the, the True Blue or the Blonde Ambition tours or anything like that. So I thought, I'm going to go and, 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 and check out Madonna. And uh, just to sort of, it sounds a bit lame, but tick the box that I've seen Madonna. And, uh, no, I totally get that, yeah. Oh, it was so rubbish. <laughs> oh, no. So rubbish. Like, uh, you, was that after, like, Bitch, I'm Madonna? Was that that phase? It was, she just done the one with uh, M.I.A., She'd just done, uh, I think it was around the time of the Super Bowl Bowl time, yeah. 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 And and I really liked that track that she'd done uh, with with M.I.A. I can't remember it. Uh, I thought it was Bitch and Madonna, I don't know. She actually, I'm sure they were actually spelling Madonna uh, as they were, as in, (laughs) yeah, anyway, the thing was to get the ticket, 
you had to buy the album as well, which I thought was a bit lame. Like, just to get the ticket yeah. was going to cost you another 10 quid and you had to buy the digital download of her record, so it was going to chart. And, uh, and, and, like, and you just think, I'm sure Madonna's probably not going to struggle to have a top 10 record. She's Madonna. And, but honestly, she come out and played like maybe, and, and I'm all about an artist being an artist, of course. But she played about five songs off the new album and I was like, come on. Give, just give us a hit. You've got about 50. Yeah. Give us one. Yeah. And and she sort of started with, I think she started like doing um, Like a Virgin and then she'd done it for about a minute and then it went into like a sort of swing version of it or something and it was like, oh, oh no. God, this isn't good. And then just lots of costume changes. She looked incredible. Dance routines were amazing. But I was just like, come on. And then... I think maybe she played um, Like a Prayer and but didn't get pop and up reach. No get into the groove. No open your heart. No, none of the like the, the absolute pop gems. And then she went, thank you very much, walked off. And I was like, oh, and, and a lot of the crowd had left at this point anyway. No way. And she went, okay, thank you very much and walked off. And then as she walked off, lights went down. And then the kind of, of holiday started. Oh. And I was like, Get in. She's going to play Holiday. And then the screens come on, and it was the video to Holiday. And then after about a minute, you realised, oh, no, she's just put the video of Holiday on. And it was like, (laughs) what's going on? So her encore was just her playing her old music video. And so everyone was just kind of sort of walking off, scratching their heads, going, "Weird." It was bizarre and and yeah, and really disappointing. And uh, you should ask for a refund on that album. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be honest, I didn't give that one a spin. Um, you never got that problem with Prince, I know. Um, at least she, at least you saw her though, because I think now she's got a lot of like hip problems and she can't. Oh really? Move so well, yeah. So at least she got that, and I totally get that because I um after Prince died, who I did luckily see a couple of times, I, I did the same as you. I was like, who haven't I seen? Mm. But like, you know, because we were in the time of like the best musicians ever. So I went to see Steely Dan because um, they were the ones I hadn't. Madonna is still the one I haven't seen, but I hadn't seen them. So I went to Santa Barbara to see Steely Dan, which was great. And then Walter Becker died. That yeah. would be, ended up being his last gig, which is nuts. Um, so yeah, do try and see your heroes. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Even if they uh, are a bit disappointing. No, <laughs> like, do you know what? I've seen Madonna now. That's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix and you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, And again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Right, I'm going to uh, stay in the formative years, Lou, and for track three, I'm going to ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Oh, yeah, I chose uh, Kylie because... Um, so Kylie was the first gig I saw, actually, and um, my whole um, school time was sort of soundtracked by Stock Aitken and Waterman, you know, and that's what... Um, I mean, I listen to everything. I come from a very musical household, so there's constantly music on. But um, I was very much a Madonna and Kylie fan. So, um, yeah, she was my first gig. And uh, I've seen her. I carried on seeing her, like, every 10 years, actually. And what track did you choose? I love her. 
I chose uh, what do I have to do? Nice. A bit more of a healthy, sort of euphoric mm. one. But in, in retrospect now, when you look back at the Stock Aiken and Waterman era of not just Kylie, but you know the other music that was coming out, which at the time, you know, in, I guess 88, 89, there was lots of other movements in music exploding. And it yeah. kind of made Stock Aiken and Waterman the sort of butt of jokes. But I just wonder what your thoughts are now, looking back at the output that... Yeah. That they, they created. So absolutely. And I think um, in Britain, there's sort of, it seems like success is kind of sneered at, I think. But you just, it's just undeniable that they made, they were the hit makers of the 80s, pretty much. You know, everything they wrote was a hit. And um, I think, I don't know, you can say what you like about them, but they make a great pop song. I think they make incredible pop songs, and 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 it's really yeah. weird. I, I mean, respectable, you know. Do you know what? Have you listened to uh, the Harder I Try by Brother Beyond recently? No. Oh my <laughs> god! It's what? Do you know what? I've got this thing, and I've mentioned it before on this podcast. I want to get like that, you know, the Sonia hit, and I want to hear you know a couple of J- Jason Donovan ones and and the Kylie ones, and I'll leave Big Fun alone, but um. What I want is like this kind of all of them songs, but I want them to be played in a Motown style. I want like some a really amazing kind of soul band to. Yeah. I want to hear them songs because they're all Motown songs. You know, you can hear the Hard I Try by Brother Beyond is a Northern Soul classic waiting to happen, but unfortunately, it's deemed this kind of boy band, you know, disposable <laughs> pop tune. But it's yeah. an absolute cracker. I, I think that they shouldn't be sort of sneered upon i think you know that that sock and waterman wrote great pop records as you said i, I completely yeah, agree people like to sneer at pop in general but um i don't know if like people like that appreciate how hard it is to make a a record that's that hits in the way that they they did you know 100 percent, and over and over and over again yeah exactly it's really cool and amazing to write a 14-minute shoegaze anthem, right? I love it, and I'm all over it, but I'd give my right arm to be able to have written Too Many Broken Arts because it's just a, it's a pop gem, and it's like, and that's not easy to do. And then, like you say, and then to just keep rattling them off, it's like that's, that's a skill set right there. Yeah. So in regards to those formative years in school, how was that? How were my school years? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Bromley, so it was very, um, you know, it's nice. My primary school's right near my house. Um, still is near my parents. We'd walk to school. Um, and secondary school, same. But it, it's very, um, I think the mindset was quite narrow for me. Um, you know, it's suburbia. So I didn't always feel like I had people I could relate to until probably I got to sixth form college slash university and left university, you know. Is that when you sort of felt you found your tribe? Yeah, basically. Yeah, that sort of. So, yeah, I wasn't, I was a bit of an outsider, I think, at school. But that's, you know, that's a lot of people's story, isn't it? Um, Did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? No. I mean, uh, I mean, when you're a kid, you want to be everything, don't you? You're like, I want to be a vet, I want to be an actor, I want to be a pop star, I want to be blah, blah, blah. Um, but I just didn't think I could sing. I started buying records. Well, I mean, I bought records since I was a small child, but I started collecting in my teens and wanted to start DJing from sort of 14, 15 onwards. Um, Not in a sort of careerist mindset. I just wanted to go out and play records. Um, But I didn't think I could sing. Um, So I never, ever thought that I would be doing what I'm doing now because I just didn't think that it was in my skill set. So I didn't start singing until I was 25, even though I always wanted to. What... Was that a confidence thing? 
No, I just couldn't sing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just couldn't sing. Um, and then I discovered that you could do sort of vocal production and that was a game changer for me. So I started writing songs and then just, I mean, you can hear it the first track I released. You can hear the difference in my voice from that to my album now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just I just pushed it and pushed it until... Um, I got to a point where it sounded good. And so, so vocals aside, just to go back to the kind of confidence thing to, you know, at 14, 15, wanting to be a DJ and, and starting to sort of, you know, pursue avenues to, to do that. Was you, was you a confident kid then? No, no, not at all. I'm just focused and I think, um, I, you know, I'm still not that confident that in terms of music, I think, because it's the thing that I do know. I've always had a quite um, a confidence within that. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sure. Of course. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor. Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humor in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this. They have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range. And it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Are you driven? I mean, it depends what you, how you gauge driven. But I, I, I definitely know that I, you know, I know what I want to do. I want to make loads of records that I'm proud of. Um, if that's driven, then yes. And I, yeah, I'd like to have a lot of um, sort of plans that I'd like to achieve. Yeah, in terms of like making soundtracks and yeah, making just making great records. That's what I want to do. For track four, Lou, I'm going to ask you for the first song that you bought from a record shop, please. Yeah, that was going back to Madonna. That was True Blue. Oh, the... and I've still got it. <laughs> so was that the single or the album? The album. Oh. Um, and my mum was like, I can't believe you saved up that money and spent it on a record. She was really impressed. <laughs> I, I, I remember seeing something uh, then 
when on, on the Blonde Ambition tour, the uh, I think it was when she done Open Your Heart on stage, she bought this like young lad at that was a, a on stage dancer and I think he was just like some sort of like 13, 14 year old kid and he was a really cool dancer. I don't know if you remember the Blonde Ambition video, like but it was brilliant. There was yeah, this really maybe. young cool kid. And I remember reading this interview with him in like Smash It's or something like that. And he said, like, oh, when we was touring and we played my hometown, at the end of the song, all of my school friends were there. And, Mad- and like, Madonna come over before I walked off stage and she kissed me in front of, like, all of my schoolmates. And I remember just thinking, <laughs> "Wow, I want to be a dancer. That kid's got the best job ever. He just goes around <laughs> the world and gets kissed by Madonna, like, in front of his mates. Like, what more do you really? want? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, you touched upon um, something earlier when you said that you – uh, there was always music on at home growing up. Uh, what sort of music was you being exposed to then? Um, so probably like all chart music and, and then some classical. Um, <clears throat> so my mum would listen to Burt Bacharach, still does, and, uh, and then dad listens to classical stuff. And then my brothers and sisters would be listening to like um, the Human League, the the Prince, um, the Bangles. I was really into the Bangles. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else? And like just late, later on, like um, sort of acid house coming in. Like I was really fascinated with. Um, Pacific State by 808 State. Um, and yeah, Uncertain Smile by the, the I remember particularly. Um, and then, like, when Grooves in the Heart came on, that um, came out, that was like a huge turning point for me. It was, it was um, yeah, like Inner City, Good Life. I sort of remember all these things coming out, but my, my oldest brother is like a real collector and music obsessive so he was playing all kinds of things that were feeding in I remember things like um Royer's Everybody Loves the Sunshine oh, and like hearing that when I was I don't know nine or ten or something and that being a big influence on me um because then I sort of got more into jazz and funk and stuff in my teens um and house music um and then but yeah like Eric Sarti um my brother played to me when I was sort of five or six and then I took up the piano and I learned the whole sort of um because I loved it as soon as I heard it and then the fact that I could learn Gymnopathy Nocien was like a sort of huge I don't know opened a whole world up for me that I could play this this piece of music that I loved. And so from there I started playing, having piano lessons and learning the piano. And, and just to go back to what you, you know, you, you mentioned like Inner City and 808 State and, and D-Light and things like that. And that kind of goes back to what, you know, I was saying at the time of Scott Aiken and Waterman, why that might have got sneered upon because there was acid, obviously you mentioned acid has that was, you know, exploding and that was yeah. way cooler and more exciting than commercial pop music because yeah. it felt it felt naughty. It felt, you know, it was the papers were, were, were slamming it and saying, you know, this was, you know, this absolutely disgraceful thing that was happening in fields and in warehouses. And did you kind of, even at a young age, sort of feel the kind of the excitement and, 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 and buzz around what what was happening? Um, yeah, not, I wasn't really aware of, I wasn't really aware of like the rave aspect of it. I don't think, uh, maybe my brothers were going to stuff, but it, no, I wasn't, um, I was too young. I just heard the sort of what came into our house, um, and into the charts, which there was a lot of it though, you know, yeah. S Express, um, it was it did really cross over into the into the pop charts. So I was sort of, you know, I know all the Acid House records, but not because in any way I was part of it as a scene. Sure. And I was completely oblivious to to all of that, I would say. 
It's interesting that you just mentioned like S Express and stuff. It's I'm 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 quite tragic insofar as on a Friday night I love watching vintage Top of the Pops, and yeah, uh, isn't it? and it's all eighty eight, eighty nine at the moment, and it's like it's so exciting because it will be big fun, and then it will then cut straight to either Mark Moore, you know, S Express, and and it's really interesting seeing the BBC trying to understand how to deal with dance music because the formula is like oh hang on so there's not a drummer or a guitarist or but well, oh hang on Ed, what do we do here and it's like they give mark more like a guitar and uh and so like mark's sort of jumping around to s express but when you've got things like you know alt and a and and you know and and 808 state i guess who were more of a i guess a a, a band as you know four piece at the time but just seeing, like, you know, and in the city, just seeing, like, a vocalist and a keyboardist, and it was just, like, seeing yeah. what Top of the Pop just did not know how to deal with what was happening <laughs> in music and how, you know, that whole formula. It's like, no, you, you can't have Pan's people start coming out behind, like, S-Express. It won't work. And it, I just yeah, think it's... Yeah, there's two dancers at the problem, yeah. didn't there? And, and was, a DJ as well. Mm. It wasn't really DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, um, whilst we're talking... Uh, I guess dance music and, and, and movements in, in, in music, that all comes on nicely to the next question, um, which is a song that soundtracked your years clubbing, please, Lou. Oh, I chose um, Let's Get Sick by Moo. Okay. Because um, it was such a huge, um, it's a bit of an eye-opener, really. It was like it came out and everyone was like, what's that? you know, um, which is often what happens with a Morris Fulton record. He's the producer. Um, but it also had a sort of personal significance for me because I worked at the label um, that released it called Output, um, which is my friend Trevor Jackson's label. Um, and that time was just um, me and my, you know, I met all my best friends and we were just like out, out, out. And we go to Sonar, and um, <clears throat> it was such a great time. It was all people like Tiga DJing and all that kind of scene. Um, and it was something I was just very much part of that scene. Um, and so, let's get sick. Was it's just a it's just a brilliant record, isn't it? it still sounds incredible. Still sounds really fresh. Um, and was you yeah. DJing then? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I DJed since I was at university. Um, so I sort of, throughout doing my degree, I was play. I was sort of running a night. <clears throat> and then when I moved back to London, I was DJing the whole time. And um, then I started working at Output. And yeah, I was sort of, um, yeah, the whole time. I've been DJing for ages now. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to take you home for track six, Lou, and ask you for a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Oh, yeah, I chose um, Stay by David Bowie. Oh, of um, course. Yeah, so Bowie's house, one of his houses, because I think he went between Beckenham and Bromley when he was young, but um, the house he lived in for, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years is two streets from my parents' house. Um so I think about that a lot. I think he went to the same little train station I did to get to town and um, just that mindset of being like a suburban kid that is very much like draws from the city, the big city, you know. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, when I, when I was, you know, in my family, we always had Tonky Dory on. It's like one of the albums that the whole family loves, you know. Um, but as I got older, I got really into Station to Station and Young Americans and Lodger and stuff. So um, I chose Stay. Perfect. What is your favourite Bowie era? I think now is it's Young Americans mm-hmm. or Station to Station. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I tend to agree with you there. It changes. <laughs> so did you, do you always feel like, you know, in, in suburbia, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm based in Essex and and I often use, um, the, the, the reason I set this podcast up, and I've, I've mentioned this before, is... Um, is I set this up like a long, you know, a fair few years ago now, um, through chatting to um, a good friend of mine uh, who's a musician called Scribis Pip, or former musician called Scribis Pip, and uh, and he lives in in you know just up the road from me, and he was always sort of asked, "Are you going to move to London? You're going to move into London now?" And he's like, "No, nah, I'll just get the training. <laughs> it's all right." <laughs> like, but do, do you always feel like you know as as an artist, there's a you know, there's a pull that you you know you need to be in the city to, you know, you need to be in town to to, to to you know to to be around the right people in the right places and and you know that's where it's at. Do you ever feel that? Yeah, absolutely. I love being in the city, and I thrive off of it. But um, but now it doesn't it doesn't actually feel that far away. Like from me, a lot of hipsters are moving because London's kind of growing and people are getting priced out. I think a lot of hipsters are moving to Bromley now, which is quite baffling and like Peckham is really trendy yeah. and stuff. Um, so, you know, maybe I wouldn't move out a bit, but I do very much um, come alive in the city. I love it. I love the energy and the pace and everything. For the last track, you can play DJ now, Lou. And uh, and I'm going to ask you for a track that many may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Oh yeah, I mean, it's not really a DJ; it's a slow, very slow song actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I've chosen "Pinball" by Brian Fotheroe, and the reason for that is because I've covered it on my album, and maybe people don't know the original track. Okay, well, Lou, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people can go and uh, listen to uh, all of your choices today. And obviously we'll put some... <laughs> We're going to sound really good well. together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, they're, they're all quite haphazard and it's, it is quite strange <laughs> because I've looked at certain ones where I've sort of sent people over and said, go and have a listen to like, you know, what they've chosen. And it will be like bowie nick cave the reynolds girls and it's like hang on a minute how does that work (laughs) (laughs) god i didn't now (laughs) well lou as as i mentioned earlier you know fingers crossed we're we're on a road out of this bonkers time we've, we've we've been experiencing for the last year or so now um and you know, with a, with a positive mind, that we're going to get back to being able to to DJ and and go to clubs and and hug friends and stuff. Um, what are you looking forward to uh, from twenty twenty one, and what's happening professionally? Um, I'm looking forward to everything you just mentioned, seeing my friends and dancing and hugging and stuff, and the summer as well. It'll be nice when the sun comes out. Um, and professionally, uh, my record is out. My album is out on the 23rd of May. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. And Lou, if people want to kind of keep up to speed with everything that's happening, where's the best place to, to, to keep up to speed on what you're doing? Uh, probably my Instagram or Spotify. Okay. Wonderful. Well, if you, when this comes out, are you happy for me to tag you in it so people can then go and, uh, and follow you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Wonderful. Absolutely. Lou, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a delight yeah, talking records good. with you. Yeah, really nice. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. There you go. Oh, do you know what? I just Any opportunity to talk about 80s pop music, I, I just I, I want to talk forever about it. You know, I, I, I kind of gave the impression that I'm a massive obsessive over stock and what I'm not. I just think they make really great pop records and uh, that, that, that shouldn't get sneered at. Um, but when it comes to Madonna and Prince and obviously Lou also mentioned like Human League and the the and stuff like that, oh, I could talk forever. You know, I have to sit there and, and I'm literally kind of my feet are tapping like the stool that I'm sitting on as they're talking because I've just got a million and one things that I just want to say. And it's that whole thing of like, Right, hang on a minute. 
you're not six beers in down the pub now. You, you're doing a podcast. You've got to let the guest speak. Don't start lisping all over the guest, like, you know, wanting a bang on about obscure AHA B-sides because uh, it's not what it's about. Um, if you head over to the Patreon, there's probably on some of the radio shows, I will be playing some uh, some great 80s pop and, and getting overly excited about it and banging on about it. So, um, so you can... Um, yeah, get that kind of uh, fix. If for some weird reason you ever want to hear me infusing about Bananas 80s records, then uh, you can do so uh, uh the Patreon. Um, right, I'm done. Um, have a lovely week. Um, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, if you see us on the socials, you know the drill. Like, love, share, retweet, comment, message, whatever you want to do. But, um, yeah, I really appreciate any kind of help on the socials to get the word out about this podcast. I'll see you next time. Be excellent to each other. Bye-bye. Got an announcement. Save our souls clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year, and they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music, and they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It's me, Stu Whipping. Eat it,